Show. Wow, wow, is it very nice? ESPN Pittsburgh on 970 AM and 106.3 FM. New Twitter poll at underscore Adam Crowley. If Stan Saverin started his own radio show, should I be a part of it? Uh, Stan votes no, but 60% of the voters say yes. What the hell are the rest of you 40% doing? We now bring on Will Graves from the Associated Press. Will, how are you today? Uh, the other 40% are wondering, why did Crowley not realize until 457 that he had Will Graves come on at 5? Yeah, that happened. <laughs> We've got to get to Columbia education. Oh, no, we got Will Graves coming up in five. Uh, we just kind of fly by the seat of our pants on this show, Graves. You know that. I, I do. But that's why, you know, maybe, you know, the first, you know, part of getting better is showing up, right? Zoda here. So you'll get there one day. You know, I, I, I did one hit on Stan, and I think you were, you uh, set it up, and then that was it. doesn't even talk to me. I, he doesn't, I don't even merit a, a nod hello. So Whoa. But he's a godfather, and I'm some just just some schmo. So I do want to play the audio for you of Stan Saverin just dismissing me, even though he might not have known he was dismissing me, Tom. You'd have all the money in the world, and you could hire anyone. Who would be on your all-sports channel? You mean I don't already have all the money in the world? I, I thought I did. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just for Pittsburgh you're talking about? No, it could be anyone, anywhere. Well, I, I would have loved to have, hear, have heard Howard Cosell do a talk show. Dead I mean, wow. that would have been very entertaining. Um, uh, Myron was brilliant at Dead. it. Uh, uh, <laughs> Me! I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, I'm not all that familiar with you know, other people in um, work, other markets and you know what building. it is they do. Um, I've never really heard Mike Francesa. <clears throat> I mean, Graves, that is just a slap in the face, I think. I'd put Francesa, maybe. You know, I mean, that's... Yeah, oh, you, no. you, you're, I mean, I, Francesa has probably been doing this longer than you've been alive, right? I mean, he probably has, right? So Okay. And, and Stan, can't, you've been doing this for five minutes. Francesa's been doing it for 30 years, and, and, and Stan's not sure he's heard Francesa, which is weird. Yeah, I guess if Stan hasn't heard Francesa, who's been doing it for 15 decades, then he's not going to have heard me do it, even though I do it in his own stinking building any well graves let's talk about what happened he's great yesterday. by the way stan is great i mean he's, he's godfather so. can people stop complimenting stan on my show please this is now a full-fledged <laughs> i'm just trying to get back on oh my name is will graves on. and i've never been on saffron show except for one time and now i come oh, on God. crowley's show and i beg for inclusion now on stan's program oh the heck okay antonio brown yep what the hell was he trying to say yesterday I don't know. I mean, I yeah. think I put out there after he was done, you know, you're going to read 10 different stories and 10 different interpretations. Um, it's almost like performance art at this point. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's not exactly splitting the atom, uh, but I would think he would have enough. I would think he would have enough self-awareness to realize that somebody that posts multiple times a day to 2.4 million followers on Instagram you know, is sort of compromising themselves in terms of their quote-unquote freedom. When, when he says, I can't even work out in public, when you say, hey, I'm working out at the beach at 4 o'clock, come, come run with me. I mean, it's, 
it kind of puts you in a tight, tight spot. I don't think I'm with you. I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, but it is June. I think it, I was in that scrum. I also cut Ben's off. A Ben's, he was answering a Ben's question, and I didn't like it. That's my new thing now. If, if guys are answering questions I don't like, I'm just gonna if their answers suck. I'm just gonna cut them off. That's my new thing. <laughs> Ben's was not. Ben's was not happy about that. I did it to him and to Fowler. So. So they did notice, though. They did notice. Ben Z knew you did it, gave you a dagger look, or did he say something? Yeah, it's a, oh, no. It's the second time in, like, a week. I think I did it at something else. I did it at uh, might have done it at a Penguin thing a couple weeks ago or a, a Pirate thing. I definitely interrupted. That's, you know, I don't know. I'm getting old where, you know what, I don't have to. I mean, look, these guys going to these, like, tropes, and A.B. wasn't making any sense yesterday. So cutting them off didn't really – it wasn't like we missed the nugget that was going to define Antonio Brown when I interrupted him 15 seconds into his – Okay, so wait, so wait a second. So wait a second. Now I'll interrupt you. Antonio Brown thinks he's getting the short end of the stick from the Pittsburgh media. Meanwhile, you are his biggest defender. You got him to shut the hell up and take the foot out of his mouth. I mean, I just, well, I mean. You protected him. He wasn't saying anything. I mean, like, it's, I was trying to find a more coherent uh, point, which was, which was tough. I mean, it's. I, do I think that may, there may be, and then Ray Fittipaldo brought this up yesterday in his story, which was a good point that I did not make. Um, you know, maybe he's at a point in his career now where he does sort of feel um, emboldened enough to be a protector of, of, you know, former players or an advocate for former players who have been, I mean, there was a one-off, like a random thought missile that happened mid-answer where he said, you know, guys that can't even remember stuff that happened and, that played 30 years ago or whatever. I mean, I, maybe he's getting there. I mean, I think the Anthem thing really pissed I do think the Anthem thing really pissed him off. And I think he is tired of towing the line on that. I, I, I can say that. with I'm pretty sure that's definitely part of what's going on with him. Will Graves joining us here on the Crowley Show. Graves, who do you think digs themselves a bigger hole with the fan base and with the media? Is it Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown? Uh, Le'Veon. Yeah. Uh, and I and look and I, as I always say I I, I like Le'Veon. He's you know he's, you can talk to him. He's yeah. he's a normal conversation. It's not it's not performance art, but you just can't say things like you know show me respect when you're guaranteed to make fourteen million dollars next year. Right. I mean that's the that's the problem. That's where the like you know AB wanted more money, but he didn't miss a thing. And guess what? AB is the highest paid receiver in the NFL, and he is the only player in NFL history with five straight 100-catch seasons. So, you know, I think Antonio's sort of done more to earn the respect of the fan base and the, tol- the tolerance for some of the hijinks. Uh, where Lev, you know, he, he, you know, he like vague books, he vague tweets, he puts out, uh, you know, rap songs that DJ Timmy Benz, you know, breaks down on what their meaning is and... Like it's just sort of is there passive a, aggressive. Is there so. a Tim Benz Will Graves feud? Because now now you're no, going a little passive ben. aggressive no, on Benzie here. Benz is a hustler, but that's what he did. I mean, I read it. I didn't have to listen to the song because I read Benz breaking it down. But I'm just saying that's sort of typical of what of what Lev does. Benz Crowley, you work hard, or at least mm. you act like you work hard. But mm. Benz like literally works hard. Like he is a hustler. Like I have crazy respect for the fact for what he does to to get his money. So. You know, I have, I have massive respect for uh, for Benzie. So you're not gonna you're not gonna get that one on me. 
Should I get a lamb shank or should I get a hero from the Greek food festival tonight? Lamb shank. Okay. All the way. Okay. You can get a euro wherever, right? I mean, you could just stumble into a restaurant and all be on a menu. Lamb shanks, not so much. Okay, that's the work that I'm doing when you're talking. Will Graves from the Associated Press <laughs> joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Graves, seriously, though, like, why would Stan not include me? I, I mean, I, I was his producer for a year and a half. Stan's probably had uh, many producers. I mean, none that have ascended to the great spot of afternoon drive host on this tremendously signaled radio station. Is that, uh, I mean, don't you have like a 6,000% ratings increase? Uh, 700%. I like yours better. Damn it. Well, I mean, you know what it is these days? I mean, the way we live in a post-factual era, right? Yep. I mean, all you got to do is turn on the TV. You, all you need to do is say something. You don't need actual facts anymore. So just say I've had a 6,000% ratings increase, Stan. Beat that. Will Graves wants to murder Tim Benz. <laughs> I know this for a fact. There's nothing that either party can say that would dispute it. <laughs> but that's it, right? I mean, that's why you can stand on the, you know, on TV with a despot and you know who's killed thousands of people that have tried to get, insert freedom into the regime, and it's okay. And then get the good-looking guy from Canada, a, you know, he's a douche. So and yeah. it doesn't matter; people believe it. So two things: sure, I, I want to murder Benz, and uh, you've had a six thousand percent ratings increase. So sure. The Canadian Prime Minister, very hot. And second thing on that, Dennis Rodman. we got to talk to you about that. You are the perfect guy to talk to Ro- talk about Rodman with uh, because you witnessed Rodman as a player and you also are woke on all these things. So, uh, Dennis Rodman, greatest athlete of all time. No. Uh, when's the last time we've ever seen an athlete uh, have their hand in diplomatic negotiations the way that Dennis Rodman had his pierced face all up in this one? <laughs> Uh, you know, my good buddy Dan Gelson, who's the AP writer in Philly, is actually buddies with Rodman. And when stuff goes on with Rodman, Dan calls him, and Rodman just sort of spills the beans about what he's doing. I mean, I I will say this. I mean, it's an, an unorthodox. I mean, are we talking about Scottie Pippen these days? The only times we talk about Scottie Pippen is when he defends Michael Jordan, right? That's like the only time we talk about it. The only time we Trick talk about question. Michael Nobody Jordan can defend when, Michael Jordan. Anyhow, Well, you know, the only time we talk about Michael Jordan is when – you know, he's, you know, sort of mitigating some sort of a LeBron challenge or he's sort of throwing Michael Jordan as shaded athletes. So Michael Jordan's not trying to broker world politics. So I guess, you know, I mean, Rodman gets a little, you know, I give him respect for sticking his head out there. I have no idea what his end game is. I'm sure he doesn't either, but it gets him on TV. And I, that is probably the end game in and of itself. He's trying to help millions of North Koreans, Will. Well, he initially was doing, like, a basketball thing there. And then he had, like, a breakdown and went into rehab. I mean, that was, like, what, five years ago? I think that's what started this bromance with uh, Little Rocket Man or whatever. So, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's what you should do. Maybe that's how you get on Stan's show is you just start – maybe you could broker peace between Trudeau and Trump. Maybe you need to do that. you got to know some Canadians. Don't you know Sidney Crosby? I know. You know Sidney Crosby. I know Josh Yoey and his ex-wife's Canadian. <laughs> Does that count? I think we can make something work there. <laughs> Graves? I'm just saying. I mean, you got to. This is how you do it. This is. And by the way, yep. uh, you know, Columbia Cartagena is very nice, and uh, they wear yellow stuff, right? So that's what I got. All right, play play the national anthem. We're going to teach Will Graves some things about Columbia here. Uh, Will, did you know that the caffeine-drenched country loves to dance? The golden rule of Columbia: if you hear music, start moving. 
The music is also thumping and pumping in Colombia. World famous pop singer Shakira hails from good Ooh. old Colombia. Yeah. Smoking hot. Smoking hot. Colombia is named after the legendary Italian explorer, navigator, and colonizer Christopher Columbus. Really? Nice guy, Christopher. Colombia shares land borders with five countries Panama, Ecuador, Peru, Brazil, and Venezuela. It is mandatory for radio and public television in Colombia to play the national anthem every day at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. My God, that's oppressive, although it is a good time to kneel down. Almost 60% of the Amazon rainforest lies in Brazil, but 13% lies in Peru, but even further, 10% lies in Colombia. <laughs> I read that one thinking that the next one was going to be Colombia there, and uh, it, are they, are these, it was not. Are these Wikipedia facts or like Britannica facts or World Book facts? Uh, the factfile.org slash interesting dash wow. facts dash Colombia. It's like the Dollar General of information. I have a Dollar General behind my house, so I will take that as a compliment. Age <laughs> is an important factor in Colombia. Who'd have thought? The older you grow, the more powerful your voice becomes. Elders are deeply respected and revered in this tropical nation. Like, unlike Stan Tavern, he was not revered by you because all you do is bitch about the fact you're not on his fake list. Not lazy, but fun-loving. Colombia, with 18 national holidays, came second in the countries with most national holidays list. In case you are wondering who could top that, it's India. Hey, Adam, Will, did you guys know that Medellin, Colombia, was once known as the murder capital of the world? I know, and I, you know, I used to live in the D.C. suburbs, which was number one, so you know, they, they were pissed to lose that ranking. So One out of every five butterfly species is found in Colombia. I did not know that. Oatmeal is not a breakfast cereal, but juicing material. Yes, Colombians love to drink down oatmeal juice. Hey, did you guys know that former President Alvaro survived a whopping 15 assassination attempts before taking office? I mean, take a hint, man. <laughs> Pablo Escobar, the king of coke, was born yeah. and bred in Colombia. That's all I got. Did you guys know that they cut people's heads off when they don't fall in line with the cartel? That's not... It's Venezuela's the one that's had, like, the 52-year war, right? I don't know. Let with, me like, the read further on factfile.org. <laughs> Graves, which team should we root for in the World Cup? I mean, people like Iceland, right? I don't know. I, 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 to be honest with you, today I thought the Dutch were in it, and I was told by Jacob Klinger that they're not. No, so. they are. Denmark's in it. Denmark? No, that's a different thing, man. It's not. <laughs> we do, dude. We went to WVU together. We gotta, like, you know, we gotta. We're not together. Because <laughs> I went like in a different, I literally went in a different century. But come on, even I know the Dutch and in, in uh, Switzerland are the same place. So Graves, on. appreciate your time as always. It is performances like this why you have only been on Stan Show one time. <laughs> See ya. There he goes, Will Graves, Associated Press. He plays along. We love him. We should at some point this summer we got to get him in for three hours. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, that would be good. Has Stan ever had you on the show as a guest? When I got my show. Like the first to day. promote the fact that I had a well, show. Well, we asked him to do that. You? Wait. Oh no! Wait, what? He didn't know that. Wait, what? I thought he was doing that out of the goodness of his heart. No, he was. He was. Wait a second! Oh no! That was an edict. No, it was not an edict. It wasn't like do this or you have to get. No, you don't give Stan Savern edicts. You ask. No. So we asked, and he was gracious enough to let you on. That was the only time, though. Really? Only time. I used to have him on all the time from 10 till noon. 
Oh, you had him on a bunch. Yeah, I'd have him on at the end of my show as he was leading into his show to talk about what was going to be on his show. So they valued his show so much that the end portion of my program was just telling you what's coming up on his program. Son of a bitch! Coming up next. I would like you on my radio station, Adam. That is why I'm here. I mean, for now. (laughs) The Penguins shouldn't change for the sake of change, only if they feel like they can't win with this group. I'll explain more next. And we'll speculate! It's the Crowley Show. We were nervous about his first sleepaway camp. She was. With Total Wireless, I got him the phone he loved. It's sick! On the nation's largest, most dependable 4G LTE network for a lot less than I expected. So we can always stay in touch. Every half hour? That's an exaggeration. (laughs) You got this with Total Wireless. Get the nation's largest and most dependable 4G LTE network for $25 per line for four lines. Available at Walmart for an everyday low price. Total Wireless. Total confidence. Please refer to the latest terms and conditions at TotalWireless.com. Let it go. You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. Here we go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Dan Saverin doesn't want you on his show. Oh, no. Penguins should not change just for the sake of changing. We'll get to that coming up in a few minutes. First, though, Stan Saverin had an Ask Wednesday today, meaning you can call in, tweet in, text in, ask him any questions. Well, not text. Uh, it's not going to work. You can call in and tweet in, email in any questions that you have of Stan Saverin about anything, and he'll answer them. Anything. And the question he was asked today that got my attention was, you could put together your... Sports talk, station lineup, who would be on it? And here was his answer. You'd have all the money in the world, and you could hire anyone. Who would be on your all-sports channel? You mean I don't already have all the money in the world? I, I thought I did. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah uh, just for Pittsburgh you're talking about? No, it could be anyone, anywhere. Well, I, I would have loved to have, hear, have heard Howard Cosell do a talk show. I mean, that would have been very entertaining. Um, uh, Myron was brilliant at it. Uh, uh, Come on, Stan. He does four to seven. He does four to seven. All that with other people in um, other markets and, you know, what it is they do. Um, I've never really heard Mike Francesa. Oh! (laughs) It's funny how butthurt you are about it. I'm hurt! I know. I'm upset. Stan's my guy. My G. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm too young and hip. Maybe that's it. I mean, he doesn't have, I mean, liking you and putting you on his radio station, two different things. Hmm. I mean, he could like you. Just doesn't doesn't like my radio station, (laughs) my radio show, our radio show. This is an affront to both of you guys, too. What do you mean? Uh, we all do the show together. Stan loves me. I do work on Stan's show. Oh, sometimes. but he likes you, but he doesn't love what you put on the show. Stan loves me. I don't know about that. He's probably, like, honestly, if he doesn't like the show, he's probably like, oh, it's a shame Brian has to deal with that. I mean, that's not me, though. I'm not saying that. I have a no, yeah, sure. Yeah, fine. Yeah, just, 
Yeah, I have a great time. Yeah, I don't like the fact that that came to your mind. I mean, as quickly as it did. He probably thinks I'm spending so much time here because you need the work, you know? <laughs> like, he like, coaching me up. Yeah. Stan's autopilot. He does his stuff. He know? does. And you know, you know what bothers me is how quickly you were able to come up with that, whether you want to call it a lie or an excuse. I mean, it's it's one of those two things. I'm just throwing... I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pushing the conversation forward. You clearly want to talk about this, well, so I'm just pushing it forward. You come up with that so quickly, and meanwhile, this is what Stan comes up with when the guy asked a question about his talk show station. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, um, that's it. <laughs> um, 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 yeah, uh, when he could have easily just said Adam Crowley. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, um, hey, hey, Stan, do you like the Adam Crowley show? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, um, uh, does it, oh, that's not too definitive. Does it annoy you? Uh, uh, do you, think. <laughs> oh, sorry, do you find it funny? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, um, oh, that's a little, little yeah, 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 funny. yeah, yeah, like that funny. yeah, 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 do you think Adam's any good at doing this? Uh, uh, <laughs> <trying> to think. <laughs> Does Adam have a future in this business, Stan? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, um... As a producer. But, but As his producer. Like, future, I know, could be a short time, but like a long-term future, Stan. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, um... Yeah? Do you think he should be taken off the air? Uh, uh... I'm trying to think. Wow. It's a ringing endorsement. I mean... <laughs> My Twitter poll's got my back. 64-36? Oh, I didn't even pull it up. I just yeah. assumed. I appreciate you passing that along. Yeah. Suck on that, Stanley. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, um. Stan Saver, noon until 2, ESPN Pittsburgh. Check him out there. I love the guy. It's a very good show. Yeah, I mean, see, you can never hold anything against him I for can't. not liking you. I mean, because he is the godfather, and it's his prerogative. He knows what he's talking about. So if he doesn't like you, there must be some reason. He's on the Pittsburgh Pirates Media Wall of Fame. He's on the Steelers, what would you say, the council yeah. of people who get to nominate for the Ring of Honor. Yep. Hall of Honor. Hall of Honor. I haven't been asked to do any of those things either. No. I'll get after them after I get after Stan. He allowed you to do post game with him after the Steelers game. And and trust me there, I mean, once we asked him if it was all right that you sat in with him, he was cool with it. Like, he didn't have any problems. And he actually had fun afterwards. He said it. The Penguins shouldn't change for the sake of change. I'm done with Stan. They should only change this team if they feel like they can't win with this group. Here's what they got. You tell me, this is a cup-contending squad. Gensel Crosby Hornquist, Hello. Haglin, Malkin, Kessel. That'll work. Sherry, Broussard, Sprong. Good luck to Sprong playing defense on that line, but they can drive possession. And then you got Aston Reese, Shahan, Rust, Kuhnhockel probably factors in. They've got some depth. You know Dominic Simone's going to play his way in the lineup at times in the eyes of Mike Sullivan, but if Kuhnhockel and Simone are the next guys off the bench, you're okay with that. Then you got Dumoulin, Latang, Mata Schultz, Oleksiak, Ruedel. I'd ideally like an upgrade on the third defense pair. Move Hunwick, get his salary off the books. I think that's a must for the Penguins this offseason. He didn't fit that well with what the Penguins were trying to do. And frankly, he wasn't given that much of a chance. 
but he can play in this league. He led the Leafs in minutes in the playoffs against the Capitals two years ago. It's not out of the question that a team wants him for their third deep pair, but it ain't going to work out here. Chad Ruedel's a fine player, but he's your seventh defenseman. Ideally, Connor Sherry and his $3 million a year salary could get off the books. Sherry's not valuable if he's not getting on the score sheet. Two years ago, he was one of the best, most effective players in the league in terms of points per 60 minutes. But he's just too damn inconsistent. He had 53 points in 61 games two years ago. He scored 18 goals last year. But on a team starved for offense, he could be a big help. Maybe he could be a valuable piece if he's going to play on the top power play unit. The Penguins can afford to get rid of a wing in order to free up some space for a third-pairing guy. Here's my wish list. Let's play hypothetical. This is my favorite thing to do. I realize we try to do some things backwards here on this radio show. We're not always trying to get sportsy sports, but I love, love getting the rumor mill going, baby. I love throwing names out there, seeing if they stick, seeing if I can be right. Michael Grabner, that guy's on my free agent wish wish list. One of the fastest players in the National Hockey League. Great penalty killer. Even strength goal scorer. He can produce on the bottom six. He fits what the Penguins are trying to do. He can fly like that guy. And they were interested in him at the trade deadline. They were trying to pull the trigger. didn't happen. I think Chris Kunitz. I know. He's old. He's not the same. He's not. But I think he could play left wing on the fourth line and be better than Kuhnhockel. He averaged around 1.6 points per 60 as a fourth liner last season. That's pretty good. He can't move up and down the lineup like he could before, but if you pair him with Shahan and he kills penalties, he's better than what they have. Now here's where we get wild. Here's where we get wild, people. Free agent wish list. Stay with me here. If Broussard were to be moved in any deal, hypothetically, this is a radio trade. If Broussard's moved in any deal, which seems unlikely, Tyler Bozak could be the replacement. He'd come in just having to spend cash. He played with Kessel in Toronto. Maybe Phil be okay with the third line if he was going to be with Bozak. Again, this is just if Broussard would get moved to bring in a defenseman. But I like that idea. If you're going to have to get a third line center moving him, then you bring in Bozak. And since Rutherford's been very candid about his team changing, I'm going to explore every possibility. No stone left unturned. No leaf left unturned. Calvin DeHaan's a guy I would target as he's a physical player who played top four minutes with the Islanders. He could fit on the Penn's third pair. But here's the issue. He's left-handed. The Penguins with another right-handed shot. If you keep going down the list on free agents, defensemen aren't really all that great. Market's pretty bare. That'll be what the Penguins need to target through trades most likely. So here's my wish list for trades. Justin Folk has two years of control left at eight at $4.83 million per year. Not that outrageous a cap hit. He's a very good player, and he shoots right. To me, this makes sense. Rutherford has a relationship with Carolina. He's been linked to Carolina in some recent rumors, and he profiles as exactly Folk does as what the Penguins need. Now, if you want to add a bottom pair guy, he's not your dude. But why not add a guy who could play up and down the decor? Noah Hannafin with Carolina could fit. Although, again, he's a left-handed D-man. But he's in the same boat in Carolina. He was a minus 20 this year, so not good. But he was the fifth overall pick in 2015. Do the Canes want to give up on him? He's rumored to perhaps be on the market. How about Jacob Truba? RFA, possible trade bait. Winnipeg, he's a right-handed D-man. Give him to me. 
I'll make a wager right now. And Tom, you can record this. You can record this. I'll make this wager right now. I'm telling you. Again, they need a third-pair defenseman and a fourth-line guy. Make sure you record this, Tom. You rolling? You got it? The Pens are going to wind up with at least one of the defensemen that I mentioned or Grabner or Kunitz. One of those guys will come to Pittsburgh. Mark it down. Dahan, Hannafin, Falk, Truba, Kunitz, or Grabner. Look at one of them. Mark it down, and if it doesn't happen, I'm not eating poop. If it doesn't happen, we'll find something for me to do. Like eat poop? I'm not eating poop. That gravy train has sailed. Not eating poop. Not happening. Not going to do it. Okay. Did you record that? Did you mark it down? Yeah, we got it. Okay. Think of something good to do. Yeah. Something hockey related. Maybe stand in on a couple slap shots or something. Something eating poop related. I'm not eating poop! But I'm telling you, I won't have to do the bet anyhow because I'm going to be right about all this. Let's go to Devin. Oh, boy, I misclicked him. This is why Stan doesn't want me on this program. <laughs> we got Devin now on the show. Hello, Devin. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm happy to hear that you're good, and I'm good. What's up? I'm happy to hear that as well. Hey. I had to call in a comment on, uh, 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 uh. That's almost like a song when he says it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not even 30 yet, and he's, what, 79 years old? Something like that. So I don't think that it's anything personal. It's just that you're, you're, you're new to the game. He didn't see them come. He didn't see them go. He's been around legends. He is a legend. So I don't think it's anything well, that, be perturbed. It's oh, just he's seen a lot, man. Devin, all, the, generational all, thing. all those things that you just said make me even more upset. He's seen a lot of <laughs> talents come and go. He's seen a lot of great radio hosts, a lot of poor ones, and yet... Here I am. Must be one of the poor no, ones. You're just getting started. You're just getting started. I'm 27, by the way. Hey, you're adding three years. No, I said you're, I said you're not even 30. Oh. See, I can't you know? listen. That, again, that's why Stan doesn't want me. <laughs> Continue having a good day, my friend. You too, buddy. That's Devin. See, maybe you're getting combative with callers like that, like calling them out. Oh, I'm 27, not 30. I mean, I, I am nothing if not factually accurate. <laughs> so Grabner or Kunitz will be here. Or Falk or DeHaan. Maybe Bozak if they get rid of Broussard. Bam! Facts. Again, fourth-line winger and third-pair defenseman are all they need. They don't have to shake it up. But it sounds like GMJR wants to anyhow. Maybe all they need is a better Latang and a better Murray. Or a healthy Broussard and Kessel in the playoffs. On paper, the team that I detailed above is good enough to win the whole stinking thing. They were a save or a goal away from beating the Capitals. And who knows what happens after that. Should we teach the fine folks about Senegal? You know what this sounds like? Sounds like they got a Casio keyboard like for their anthem. It's pretty good. It kind of sounds like, oh man. What's the musical... Lay Miz. Gotta get a Lay Miz feel to it. 
It does. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You never heard of Les Mis? I've heard of it. Les Miserables? I, I couldn't name one, one song in it. I dreamed a dream of time gone by. Anyway, in the 16th century, when the Portuguese visited the country's coast, the fishermen said, Sunigal, which translates to, these are our boats. <laughs> Senegal means these are our boats? So what I'm getting here is that Wait a minute. <laughs> the Portuguese are coming to invade, and they say, these are our boats, and that's what they named the damn country. That's weak. That is weak, Senegal. Like yelling Senegal like into the, like, into the battle? Like, charging Senegal! These are our boats, <laughs> you mother bleepers! Did they come back with, like, a Senegal ch chant back? Like, well, these are ours! And that's why the country was named. They were feuding over whose boats they were. The European powers that engulfed much of Senegal's history are the French, Portuguese, and the British. The French had their presence way back in the 15th century at the Port of St. Louis. They left the country on August 1960. Sounds like they've been invaded a lot. Sounds like they were occupied a lot. Yeah, their old name used to be, hey, this is our land. And somebody took that and they needed boats. <laughs> Came after the boats. In contemporary times, Senegal is very close to France. In fact, the very flag of Senegal has adopted the French tricolor style. So the flags of both look the same except for their color. The capital of Senegal is the port city of Dakar. Its history has shaped it to be one of the most liberal and cosmopolitan cities of Africa. That's all I got on Senegal. I got nothing on Senegal. That's all I got on I mean, these you, are our boats. All you need to know is these are our boats. That's the one fact you need to know. I have to change the Twitter poll to these are our boats. <laughs> Coming up next, it's the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by... To be determined. CSP in Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, trying to think. It's going to be a great week. Uh, this is why you come to LSU to play in games like this. And certainly uh, uh, when number one Florida comes to town, you know, we'll prepare well. And it'll be a great game. Uh, Tom. Wait a minute. What the hell was that? Tom, I, I said play Les Mis, not Les Miles. Oh no! Oh no! He did not. What happened there? I was I wasn't even oh, paying attention no. during the break. Did that really just happen? <laughs> did it really just happen like uh, that? You asked for what? No, it did not. Please tell me no. Former head coach of the LSU Tigers, Les Miles. No, that was not John Valjean. Tom, uh, I was doing so well too. Tom. <laughs> Alright, next segment you come back with some Les Mis. You were going for like a callback from the last segment when I you was. were singing Les Mis. I was singing Les Mis very beautifully in the last segment despite not having the music. <laughs> this is why I can't leave during the breaks. Tom! Valjean, at last we see each other plain. I mean, Tom, now you should be feverishly searching for some Les Mis music. Am I wrong? Monsieur Le Maire. It's going to be a great week. No! This is why you come to LSU to play games like this. Wow. It's time for our football segment. And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. 
Colin Cowherd says Mike Tomlin Steelers aren't buttoned up. He says the distractions have got the better of this team. Terry Bradshaw says Mike Tomlin's a cheerleader. He's been deemed a player's coach. Many people think the Steelers stumbled against the Jags because they were looking ahead. One of the main criticisms of Mike Tomlin is that he loses to teams below 500, especially on the road. Well, last year, Tomlin Steelers took care of business and, aside from a slip-up against the Bears, beat all the teams they were supposed to. While Tomlin did point to a later season matchup with the Patriots, I don't think that that had anything to do with the Steelers' ultimate demise. Mike Mitchell looking ahead didn't either, nor did Le'Veon Bell talking about retirement to Jeremy Fowler. Criticize Mike Tomlin for any of those things, if you please. It's sexy. It's the narrative that drives calls and helps fill column inches. But to me, the Steelers ultimately failed because of their defense. Mike Tomlin was hired as the defensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. He's supposed to be a great defensive mind. He won with defense in 2008. He got to the Super Bowl in 2010 largely because of the defense, but that was with Dick LeBeau at the helm, one of the best defensive coordinators in the history of the game. Now, with Keith Butler, Tomlin's more involved with the Steelers' defense than he's ever been as head coach of this team. Last year, the numbers, I think, were misleading. Steelers ranked 5th in total defense and 7th in points per game. Surprising? Well, no, not so much, because at the beginning portion of the year, we all waxed poetic about how the defense had finally caught up to the offense and could be championship caliber. The injury to Ryan Shazier obviously affected the Steelers' ability to play defense the way he wanted them to. At the end of the year, though, they gave up 38 points to a terrible Baltimore Ravens offense. I mean, horrifically bad. They gave up 38 points to a terrible Jacksonville Jaguars offense. And I mean horrifically bad. They weren't good enough. Shazier not being there wasn't the only problem. They gave up big play after big play after big play all year long, really starting with the game against the Detroit Lions. In the running game and the passing game. In fact, the running game problem started in Chicago. They didn't get better as the season aged. They actually got worse. Two years ago, they were 12th in total defense, 10th in points per game. Respectable to be sure, but they've given up over 100 yards per game on the ground the last two years. Last year, they gave up 104. Two years ago, right on the nose, 100. In 2015, they were 21st in total defense, 30th against the pass. You can say that they've been getting better with each passing year, but I can say they haven't been improving as much as their numbers suggest. The macro numbers last year look great, but they gave up 10 plays of 50-plus yards. That was the most in the league. They gave up 41 plays of 25-plus yards. That was third most in the league. An average of two and a half 25-yard plays per game. That's way too much. Of those plays, any number of them could have changed a game. Talk about all the intangibles if you want to. Tomlin's team not being buttoned up. Coach T being a cheerleader. Maybe he's too much of a player's coach. Maybe his team plays down to bad teams. I don't really buy in all that stuff. What I do subscribe to is fact. And the fact is, Mike Tomlin's supposed to be a great defensive mind. And his defense cost the team a chance at the Super Bowl last year. His offense put up a bunch of points in the divisional round playoff game, and the defense couldn't get one damn stop when they needed to. Two years ago, the Patriots carved the defense up like a hot knife through butter in the AFC Championship game. You can rip Tomlin for the narratives. I'll rip him because the defensive-minded coach's defense isn't good enough. Every year we talk at the beginning of the year that the defense should get better as the season moves along. Every year. Shouldn't it be better? The lack of talent issue was a real one in 2014. That was the excuse. They're not talented enough. They had to 
tear down a great defense and build up a new one. The defense was old. Well, think about the pedigree they have now. Cam Hayward, first round pick. Jewett, second round pick. Hargrave, third round pick. Dupree and Watt, first round guy. Sean Davis, second round player. Artie Burns was a first round pick. Joe Hayden's a first round pick. John Bostic, a second round pick. That's eight members of the defense that were drafted in the first or second round. Burnett, now you bring him in, a third round guy. So 10 of the 11 starters are first, second, or third round picks. Pedigree and talent shouldn't be the issue. Is it an issue of development? Is it scheme? Is it a combination of both? One thing's for sure, the excuses are running out. They've got the talent. They've got the youth. They need to get better. I expect better from Mike Tomlin's defense because he is a defensive-minded guy. That's my biggest issue with Coach T, and it's backed up with numbers. I'll take tangible over narrative any day. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Got a couple of Twitter polls up. If Stan Saverin had a radio show, station, pardon me, would I be one of the hosts on that station? Uh, 64% say yes. The other Twitter poll, which country? Group G, Group H now we're on. Would you like us to root for in the World Cup? And now we teach you about Japan. Damn. Man, this just sounds Damn. like flying into a harbor, ready to wreck some steel. No! Seriously, it does. Am I wrong? What? It's history. I can't bring it up? That was Tom who said that. Is that really that bad? I mean, I'm bringing up a little bit of history. The, the anthem sounds very warsh. In Japanese and in Japan. Is it if I say it sounds warsh? The art of war. That was yeah. Chinese, I think. In Japanese, the name Japan is Nihon, or Nippon, which means land of the rising sun. Yeah, this song actually does convey a sun rising, I think. That's a much better reason to name your country than these are oh, our Now boats. you're just trying to make me look at sun rising. No, what happened? Home to 33 million people, the Tokyo-Yokohama metropolitan area is the largest populated metropolitan region in the world. Japan has more than 3,000 McDonald's restaurants, the largest number in any country outside the United States. Each spring, Japan has a festival that celebrates both the penis and female fertility called Kamura Matsura, or Festival of the Steel Phallus. Maybe that's what this anthem is like pushing forward. The rising sun, the rising steel phallus. Can the rest of today's show we just call the show the Festival of the Steel Phallus? If I had a band, I'm telling you right now, Steel Phallus is what my Bam. band would be. 20% of the Japanese population is elderly over the age of 65, the highest proportion in the world. There are more elders than there are children in Japan today. Hey, Adam, did you know that over 2 billion manga Japanese comic books or graphic novels are sold in Japan each year? You know, the ones with the freaky octopus tentacles and stuff doing weird stuff? Each spring, Japan has a festival that celebrates both the penis and female fertility called Kanamara Matsura, or Festival of the Steel Phallus. Cherry blossoms are Japan's national flower. Each spring, Japan has a festival that celebrates both the penis and female fertility called Kanamara Matsui, or Festival of the Steel Phallus. I'm noticing a theme here. Coming up next, 
<laughs> Bell's a bigger douche than AB. We always lump them together. I'll stop that when we return. If we return. <laughs> it's Crowley Joe. 